Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to I Love You So Much, the podcast about the people, places, and things we love about Austin. Our podcast is from the features staff at the Austin American Statesman. I'm Joe Gross, and in this week's episode, I talked to Conrad Keeley and Jason Reese of the band And You Will Know Us by The Trail of Dead. The more or less Austin-based outfit has just released their 10th album, and first in six years. Its title is 10, The Godless Void and Other Stories. I spoke to the two, the only constant members of the band, about longevity, the new record, and the band turning 25 this year. This is your first album in six years? Four years? About five. About five years? Yeah. Somewhere right in the middle? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So you've been, Conrad, you've been out of the country, you're out of the country from like... 2015, 14? No, 2011. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, 11 to 17. 11 to 17, and just all that time in Cambodia? Yeah, but, I mean, that's where I was living. But, I mean, I was traveling a lot, and I did come back to Austin a lot, so I definitely didn't lose touch with my... Well, I had a storage space here, so Mm -hmm. all my stuff was in storage in Austin. So, in that sense, I had something to come back to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Had you wanted to move there for a while? I no, not pr- prior to going. I'd never been. It was just kind of a love at first sight thing. When I, I'd been visiting my dad and family in Thailand um, off and on, but I wanted to do a little bit more exploring, and we just kind of randomly picked a path across <coughs> Southeast Asia and just ended up first in Siem Reap, uh, stayed there for a week, and then went down to Phnom Penh, and it was just an amazing time to be there. That's awesome. So, Jason, you were here the whole time when Conrad, and what did, you worked on other bands, right? I did other bands. I had a, had a bar for like, I don't know, a few years. How'd that work out for you? Uh, You know, like with most bars, there was some good moments. Uh, (laughs) I mean, it was, it was the beauty bar and it was Mm -hmm. definitely like, it had its day, you know, there was some activity and it was definitely vibrant. For a moment, there was lots of music going through, and then yeah, gentrification and you know rent prices went up, and the mafia, the mafia, no, just joking, <laughs> but just like it's you know that, and then yeah, just keeping busy with other little projects. But we've we were sort of doing shows here and there mm-hmm. with Trail. Mm-hmm. Just was there a point where you decided that we need to take a more formal, a more formal writing break or recording break? Mm, I don't think it was. I mean, not we did, really. We did discuss that we would take some time to yeah come up with the new material, but I think that the the time spent on the album had a lot more to do with uh, when we got when I moved back to Austin and we started working on it here. That was what ended up taking real time. Mm-hmm. Working on the album was just. Uh, we didn't have a deadline, you know, so we just kind of kept working on it and working on it until we felt it was ready. Oh, 
Now, is this a situation I've never, pardon my ignorance, I've never completely understood if you guys record just you or if you record with full bands or if you do both for studio stuff. Yeah, typically we do have a band and, you know, we'll have a lineup and that's the lineup that we'll bring into the studio. And this album was definitely the exception where it was mainly just Jason and I and then a couple times uh, our previous members were there and then we had a guest drummer come in and then we had um, another guitarist that that played with us, uh, Aaron from Knife in the Water, Mm -hmm. came and played and and so it was kind of, this was definitely all over the place and but when it came down to it, it was mainly just uh, me, Jason and and, um, Charles Godfrey working on the record. Mm-hmm. What did Charles uh, was Charles playing, or was he Charles, was the producer? He was the producer. Yeah, and so, it was his studio we were recording in. We met Charles at Sonic Ranch when we were doing. So Sonic Ranch is a, a studio out in the middle of the desert, it, like thirty miles east of El Paso in Tornillo, mm-hmm. and it's like kind of this crazy oasis of studios. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it's very. You know, a lot of bands have done work out there, you know, and... The Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs and... Beach House. The Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs and... The Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. <laughs> They're home away from home. Well, you know, like, uh, it, there's... Yeah, just... So, we Charles decided to move to Austin, mm. and he's at Mosaic Sound Collective, and it just worked out that we got yeah. with him. I mean, it sounded... The new record sounds very you, as in, like, <clears throat> you two. It sounds, oh. it's very like, oh yeah, it's, <laughs> I know exactly like, not in a, not in a cliched way, but just in a very like, this is definitely the sound of these two guys. Okay. Um, <laughs> in, uh, and it sounds like it, some of the material is new and some of it is, has been, uh, you've been futzing around with it for a while. I wrote some of the songs in Cambodia, so they were definitely starting to develop and then but then the rest were written here as kind of as we went along mm-hmm. in the studio. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean we were spending like a, a couple of months of just jamming uh-huh. on ideas, which is none of which we used. Yeah, we never used them. Nice, that's good because just we were like, the, I guess we're system. not we're not really a jam band. <laughs> no, but I suppose it was also kind of to return and yeah. coalesce. You know, our writing style, which, as I guess, see, you noticed that it was like a kind of a, the, the essence of our. Yeah, I mean, it felt, uh, I mean, there's some songs that feel very like first record and Madonna in the mm. way they're put together and, <laughs> and wow. thinking it through. And like just yeah. the way the the way the sounds come together and the, the writing came together, I think. Well, um, when we were uh, working on it, we started to play shows of the Madonna album and the Source Tags album. Yeah. And when we played those albums, you know, the way that they are kind of recorded, then it started, it actually got me thinking about, you know, how we used to write and how we used to approach, you know, music. So that was probably influenced by that as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we were going to Europe and doing like these full on tours of album tours, which is, you know, kind of new to us and. It is, we've reached that point, I guess, (laughs) where people want to hear an album, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, Uh, that, that, Brings us to the fact yeah. that 2020 is 25 years mm-hmm. with you guys. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, yeah. did you start in, forgive me for not remembering this, 
Did you start in Olympia or did you start here? No, we started here. You started here. Yeah. But you were both. We just moved to Olympia in December of 2000. Austin. 1994. We moved from Austin. We moved from Olympia to Austin. Got yeah, and okay. yeah, and then by May we started to of ninety five. Mm-hmm. We started to play these shows together, mm-hmm. and it was just us as a two piece. And we played this cafe that no longer exists, Cafe Soleil, I think it was called. That was next to the uh, Paramount Theater on Congress. Yep. Who? What? I have no idea what's there now. And then our second show was was. The Blue Flamingo, and then uh, maybe the third show was like uh, Hole in the Wall or something. That sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> We're making our way to Emos. Yeah. Uh, it's just <laughs> like block by block. Yeah, block by block. The um, <laughs> So when you, after the first record comes out, had you, by the time the, the first record was done and in the can and out, had you decided... We need more folks, or no? They Kevin and Neil joined the band before that first album. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we were already starting to play with them. Actually, right before we recorded that album, Neil had only been playing samples. He we would play a show, and he would just play samples and stuff. He didn't play bass, and I, I think he convinced us that we needed the bass to fill out the sound. And so we, in a, in a way, the uh, the first album was kind of an experiment with that mm-hmm. um and then yeah it just kind of went took off from there so when you start you guys have seen the not the music business but the way you release records from every conceivable angle like yeah. you've, you've put out stuff on right. very small labels yep. you put out stuff on indies that then became much bigger. Right, like and, Merge. Mm-hmm. Like Merge. And yeah. you, you know, did, what, three records for Interscope? Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, what did you, you know, you've been doing this for 25 years and put some stuff out yourself. And and now this new album's on two labels. Yeah. And what? Two uh, independent labels. For Moonlighting labels. Who, uh, what's it on? So Century Media in Europe. Okay. Are... Central Media slash Super Bowl is mm-hmm. what, uh, the, and then um, in America and other spots, uh, Dine Alone, and they're based in Canada. Nice. So in uh, in Europe, are you Century Media being known mostly as a metal label? Yeah. Are you touring with like death metal acts? Because that would be great. <laughs> We've got a death metal no, name. They I mean, have a prog rock thing going on as well. Yeah, they oh, do. Wow. So sometimes we did. They have do Dream a, Theater on their label. <laughs> and did they have Ocean Size at one? Point? Well, they did have Ocean Size. Yeah. At one point. I think you absolutely need to play shows with Dream Theater. Yeah, I yeah. think that would be amazing. That would be, cool. that would be, be cool. a fun yeah. <laughs> audience crossover. Yeah. yeah. Or um, King Crimson would be fun too. <laughs> did you happen to see? Did either of you happen to see those Conrad shows went. when they were here? Yeah. That was yeah. bananas. It was great. Well, I have three drummers I, in the front. I've never seen rock music played that precisely before, ever. I was just like, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Uh, well, Pat Mastelotta played on one of our albums. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah of course. On so Divided. Yeah, he's on So Divided. Uh, the, so yeah, uh, there's a little bit of a King Crimson in, in, in yes, the band. Yeah, <laughs> no, no question. Did, um, so tell me what you think you've learned through, you know, putting out records in all of these different ways. I do and, too much cocaine and heroin and PCP and no. Um. <laughs> well, you know, those major, those major label advances. Yeah, right. Get. 
I mean, it's just, I don't know, being on, it's, it's like about take the money and run kind of thing, you know, just get what you can out of, <laughs> out of a budget and just do it, do whatever you can with it, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like that we just wanted to utilize the budget to fund the, the our vision, you know, and, and whenever we've had that chance of someone investing in, in what we do, you know, it's a great thing. It's, it's very rare, you know, and so we're, you know, because budgets are getting smaller and smaller, so... I think one of the things that we've learned really is mm-hmm. just to kind of take control of our budget. Right. Yeah. And there you go. In the past, we would allow either the manager right. or the producer to dictate that. And, you know, we just came to a point where we're just like, no, we're we're in charge and we're going to yeah. say how it gets spent. And um, so that I think that's an important thing for any artist to do mm-hmm. and to, to really make sure that they never allow that that control to go to someone else. Yeah. You know. Landscape now is so profoundly different than yeah. when you, even, you know, 17, year, 18 years ago when you guys went to Interscope, it's just, it's like a different planet now. And do you feel that you have a, a, a reasonable access to the market that you, the, the same sort of access to the market that you had on Interscope, or is it more difficult now? Well, I, I don't think that that was ever our concern, and it, it is, certainly it still is, isn't our concern. I mean, we were always focused on the music and the art that we could make. Mm-hmm. The markets and things, they shift and they change, and that's never going to affect what we write or what we want to create. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose that when it comes down to it, it's up to someone else to figure out what if there's a market for it, but... But the people that come to us, you know, and appreciate what we do, um, in a way, they haven't changed. They, they, a lot of the people that are listening to us now have been listening to us for a long time. And, uh, and we do, you know, when we get new fans, but um, we, don't, we don't really sit around strategizing the, the market or, I mean, I don't even like to look at record sales. It's not really. Sure. So, um our our concerns more lie more in just in the artistic sense, mm-hmm. what we're going to do on the record, what we're going to, you know, did how you, we're going to approach it. Did you miss playing live when you were out of the country, or did you do it enough that you were like, okay, this is fine, like this is just enough playing? Oh, I played almost every day when I lived in Cambodia. Oh no, no, I meant like with the like touring with, with the band. band. Yeah, yeah, we. I mean, we. I think we played just as regularly when I lived over there, right? Yeah, he he would come over here and and we would work on, you know, getting together for tours and stuff. Mm-hmm. We toured Europe. Yeah, and we did. We did a lot. We, we did Australia. We, did, we played Cambodia Asia. a couple times. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we went over to Asia because, and we played 
Phnom Penh in Cambodia because he was living there. And mm-hmm. the, the, the challenge yeah. wasn't playing. The challenge was mm-hmm. writing, getting together to write. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was something that needed. I mean, we did do the, our, the album before this one, Nine X. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did do that one when I was living over there, but that was a very intense writing experience. I mean, I flew back over here. We gave ourselves like one, two weeks in a cabin to write some music, and then we wrote it all at Sonic Ranch. Mm-hmm. I was very, it was a difficult uh, thing. It was a challenge. You know, we always have these challenges that we set up for ourselves before a record, you know? Like the one before, we were like, okay, we're going to record this in Germany. That was going to be the challenge. How'd that work out for you? We spent a month in Hanover. It was very interesting. Yeah, (laughs) very different. They'd never had a band play live in the studio before. They would always have like, okay, the drummer comes in and then the bass player plays and then the guitar player. And we were like, no, we're going to play, the whole band's going to play in the studio at the same time, (laughs) you know, like a band. And it freaked them out. They had to rewire the place, but it was fun. And mm. and we did that because we wa- we wanted to uh, just do something in Germany. It was just completely arbitrary. Well, you know, we have a lot of fans in Germany, and mm. and uh, we love playing in Germany. So we we're just like, okay, we're going to do it in Germany. Mm. We'll figure it out how we do it. And then the next record nine, we did. We, uh, we were just going to. We said, okay, we're not going to write any of these songs before we come to start recording the record. We're just going to get there and we're going to write these songs. It, there was a lot of hubris, I have to, in retrospect, I noticed. But it worked, and it came out. And so I think the challenge with us this time was like, we're, we're not going to have any deadline. We're just going <laughs> to keep working and working on the album until it's done. So did you work on it for on and off for two years? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That sounds new. It surprised us as well. I think after the, it had gone on that long, we were like, my God, we've been working on this record for so long. Didn't seem as long, did it? Well, I mean, there, it wasn't all like we had breaks in we had between. Breaks, yeah, we yeah. were touring and yeah, stuff. We're, yeah, we were doing little tours and stuff. So it wasn't like just sitting there two years in one sure. spot. You it know? wasn't Fleetwood Mac style, no, no. just like locking the door and no. There's nah, there yeah. were periods that were, and then we, yeah, we, and during the times that we went away from the album, we would come back and have more of a perspective that that we could probably you know focus and get it done mm-hmm. we knew where we were going you yeah. know so did you guys enjoy the playing the full album experience you've done this now tw- once with madonna and once with source yeah. tags it, and did you find it a, a pleasant thing or was it awkward it's not awkward it's it's i mean we we got into it it's just it's I guess like it it's funny to like go back in time and you know revisit all mm-hmm. of that and some of some of it seems very relevant, you know. Yeah. It was very raw. Mhm. And Yeah, definitely it's kind of like a weird déjà vu experience yeah. in some ways. I was I was against the idea of doing that but first cuz it seems like kind of a a trendy gimmick gimmicky thing that bands started to doing. But then when we did it and rehearsed it, it was kind of cool. It's like, oh wow, this is how this is how this record flows, you know, the yeah. way that it goes from one song. So it was kind of a uh, neat. Yeah, it's kind of a different way of thinking about performance, mm-hmm. right? Like because a- we've ne- you know, like performing Madonna from start to finish. We only did that once in Japan, like years ago, and then like it was really awkward. And then when we started to like 
do it on the regular, it became very like, oh, you know, like again, it flowed. It was very natural. It made sense to us. To the yeah. point where it just got, it became kind of easy. Yeah. We could just play, we'd be, we could be completely plastered and we'd play, <laughs> we'd play the album just fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You said you were jamming on ideas for a long time and then tossed them and, you know, kept working. Was there a particular song that you finished and thought, okay, this is actually going to work? Well, they all have to feel that way or else we'll stop working on them. So each song has to kind of meet our approval pretty early on or else we'll just, Fair. Go, you know. Um, and for the most part, there weren't any outtakes that we didn't. Use. I mean, there was a couple, but um, mainly because um, the the uh, lineup that we recorded them with were weren't there, and so there wasn't we couldn't work on them. But um, no, usually we would just stick to what we had, and there was talk about maybe doing an, another song that just it never happened. And I think when when uh, when an album comes together, at least with this one, it just kind of. It all kind of works out magically, you know. You mm. kind of step back, and once you once it's all done and you put together, it's almost like, oh wow, how did we do that? Mm. We I don't remember making these decisions. It's like they just made themselves. Yeah, is the stuff working? Do you, th- you think the stuff is working live well? Yeah, we've yeah, been rehearsing it. the because we're going to go on tour with it in uh, in a month. Mm. So we are definitely looking forward to playing these new songs mm. because they just sound like they translate I mean they translate very well live at least it I don't know right now it seems like it, it's yeah. working we needed to add a keyboard player yeah. we knew that we knew that from the, oh, the wow. get go so our friend AJ has joined us and uh, we also needed a versatile multi-instrumentalist like ourselves one who played drums and guitar so our friend um, Ben Redman, Ben Redman, the young Ben Redman, who yeah. we've known since he was a kid, yep. uh, is going to be playing shows with us too. So uh, it's basically like just a brand new lineup. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. so you've got uh, what? What are you guys now? Four piece or five? Five piece? piece. Yeah. Nice. The so, first time we've been a five piece. We've right. always even been four or six. <laughs> we've never been five. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I, it's it's very cool because it's streamlined because we've been like, we've had, a, you know, whatever, a bunch of members. Yeah. Tempanies, you know, two drum sets, <laughs> two 
two you, keyboards. You've, got, you've had you have a couple of basketball teams worth of yeah yeah, of X, <laughs> X yeah we do supporting players yeah it yeah I don't know everybody has you know that's just if you've been abandoned for this long it just happens I yeah guess. I mean you know it just, it, the the formats are either the fall or like mm-hmm. the same four guys forever yeah. <laughs> um, Rolling Stones, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. U two or something yeah, like that. Yeah, U two. Yeah, and those, that's pretty rare, you know. Yes, no, that that doesn't happen that yeah. often. Uh, so, are you going out with anybody in particular, or do you not know who you're playing with yet? We're, tr- uh, we're trying. Yeah, to, we're, we're trying still to, working that. Yeah, out. we're still working on that. We want to play with, like, we did like a little mini tour with Proto Martyr, uh huh, um, like earlier this year, and that was really cool. They're a good band. Uh, yeah, great band. Good band of, like, adults. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's very cool. Yeah. So, I don't know. We're, we're you know, working things out. It's, it's a band opening. You know, you got to pay them, and that's going to, you know, obviously the money has to... Sure. It's, a, you know, the budgets are tight. You know, just, like, we'll get a I local think, opener. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what you'd asked earlier about the um, music industry, I think that that's probably changed... Where we've seen the most change, I think, is like live shows and stuff. That is, you know, it's not the the audiences are not as, you know, like they used to be back in the day where and it was even, you know, the shows are crazy and stuff. I think it's I don't know what it is about media these days, but for the most part, most bands would say that audience numbers have shrank and it becomes harder to tour mm-hmm. you know kids just stay home on their ipads or whatever and so um at least in america that's the case yeah european shows are still raucous and large for the most part they're pretty good yeah yeah but um in the states yeah live i mean i i would say even in in austin in general would you say like yeah just seems a bit yeah i think like you know people in austin it's either like it's real packed you know and and or it's it's just like you know yeah a handful of people very much not yeah, yeah. it's one it's kind of one or the other yeah one or the other so it used to be like one of those things where you go to emos in the 90s and it'd be like packed every night you know mm-hmm. it'd be like or at least there would be a good amount of people austin changes it ebbs and flows mm-hmm. it's you know, it could change tomorrow. So it's not, a, it's not something that yeah. I'm like holding on to or anything, you know. It's scheduled to change tomorrow. Yeah. They say. Yeah. See? Only a matter of time. Really. Yeah. <laughs> well, congratulations on still being here and 10 albums is pretty impressive. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, you know, I mean, I remember seeing you guys in 99 in yeah. Dallas and yeah. uh, thinking, why, you know. This is awesome. That's uh, our second album, probably. Yeah, right. Yeah, Madonna. When when yeah. Madonna came out, because yeah. I had just moved, I had moved to Texas. Yeah. in '99, and I didn't know that much about you. And then Madonna came out, and I remember thinking, "Oh," and I. This is not a knock. I remember thinking, "Oh, this is unwound with the second guitarist." Unwound. <laughs> <laughs> like this is this is great. Yeah. Um, Were you at the show when I got hit over the head? By the sound guy? No, I think that was before. No, that, that was yeah, before ninety nine. No, that was like, really. That was like trance era. Wow. Okay. Just, that was, deci- just decided to clock you, huh? That was before. He hit me over the head with a mag. That was before Neil, I think. No, 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 definitely. Was it not. just for Neil. fun, or was it earned? I think I threw a mic or something. He hmm. did. He definitely didn't like us because he was starting to take the mics down 
while we were playing. That's a, as, that is a sign that they're not interested. <laughs> yeah, they're not in the playing. Yeah. I had a concussion. Wow! Show. Yeah. Good job. Yeah, that was crazy. Man, um, we were definitely fans of Unwound. We were, you know, we lived in Olympia. At, you know, when Unwound was starting, and you know, I oh, they're a huge influence. Yeah, fake train, fake train. That record, yeah, that record's incredible. So, I mean. That's a compliment. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It's not a knock at all. Yeah, I'm yeah. just like, this is great. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, then finding out you guys were from here was fantastic. Right on. That's our show. Thanks for listening. If you like the program, consider leaving us a review on iTunes. It helps other people find our podcast to learn more about the people, places, and things that make Austin so special. You can find more than 100 past episodes at austin360.com slash loveaustin360 or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to pitch an idea for the show or give us feedback, shoot us a note at loveaustin360 at statesman.com. I love you so much. The Austin 360 podcast is a production of the features staff at the Austin American Statesman. This episode was produced by Chandler Hoffel and Alyssa Vidalis. Our theme music is from local band Hard Proof, which you should definitely check out at hardproofmusic.com. We couldn't do this show without you, dear listeners, and we can't thank you enough for lending us your ears, your comments, and thoughts about old clubs that are no longer around. Until next week, we'll see you on stage. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.